I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. It's kind of funny how we didn't have like the the, the regular intro last time. It's actually kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe we'll, we'll just keep doing that. Maybe, yeah. maybe we've already done it. You never know. <laughs> you never know when things oh, start. Just tricked me into starting. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, you have a lot of snow there. I, I can see a little bit of, of it in the window behind and you. Actually, the window was completely covered in snow, and the the three windows in the living room won't even open. <laughs> like they completely oh. frozen. You can re- literally not. You're, open you're them. stuck inside your apartment. Yeah, yeah. and I actually <laughs> can't get out. Turn, yeah, I have to turn on the lights because you you know like the snow is covering the entire window, and you cannot open it. And there's no way. Because it's the roof, there's no way to actually get rid of the snow. <laughs> My parents have like a story of that, of like some huge snowstorm where there was like eight feet of snow on the ground. They couldn't even open yeah. the doors of the house. Yeah. And then this was when they were on the farm. So they had to like build a tunnel <clears throat> to the barn to go feed the animals. <laughs> and like, oh, sounds man. like some crazy stuff. It's like, I have not. I mean, I've seen a decent amount of snow, but not that much snow. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, we have a balcony, and it opens to the inside, so we you can't open it. It's, like, knee-high in snow, and even if you have, like, good shoes, like, they won't be that high, <laughs> so it will basically just go in there. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, you just need to get those snowshoes, you know, what I'm talking about, oh. and then you just can walk up on top <laughs> of the snow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so other than uh being cold how are you doing um doing good i mean we we did have some some water leaking into the bathroom but <laughs> <laughs> apart from that it's going good um i i launched the marketing site uh this week last weekend actually i um, saw that for true fans yeah it looks great thank you uh and I did get 30, around 30 early access signups from it over the week. So I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty good. That's a good amount. And uh, yeah, just today I actually started or wrote the first uh, blog article and published it. Kind of trying to get some SEO juices flowing <laughs> really early on. I'm, I'm not good yeah, at it, so- I think, but... Uh, so you you think that SEO is going to be kind of one of your thing main things you're going to target for uh distribution channel right off the gate? Yeah, I'm I'm trying. I think it is an established category and so people are looking for it, which doesn't mean I can mm-hmm. <laughs> like capture the demand, but I'm going to try. What's your like strategy for that? You mean like what what content I want to focus on or yeah, and how and how you're gonna get you know, get your pages to be seen, get them ranked in Google, stuff like that. Oh, so so what has worked before? And I'm looking back at quite the history with with clients from my day job. Uh, is always put in the search console, always hand over uh, sitemaps to Google, and then it's really just about publishing regularly and. Uh, yeah, it's it's about the content really. Like you wanna you wanna have a, f- a key keyword basically, like a focus keyword, um, mm-hmm. 
and then really just be helpful honestly if you're just trying to appeal to a real human audience that's probably like the best thing you can do like don't even try to write for the robots <laughs> yeah 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 that makes sense i i just started the lean seo course that pat walls uh put on mm. and it's it's pretty interesting um <clears throat> I'm definitely learning a little bit in there. I've taken like a Ahrefs uh, SEO course in the past, and that's where I learned a lot. Uh, doesn't I haven't really used it though, so I don't I don't have like experience like actually you know trying to really get pages ranked and stuff and and get traffic. But um, I mean I hope to eventually do some of that. Uh, but yeah, the Lean SEO framework is very interesting. Um, because it's it's basically how he does it is it's like you you kind of think about your your blog or your you know your website pages as similar to like you would a startup where you kind of just try an idea you try writing some content but you only put like a max of like two hours into it and then you basically just put it out there for 30 days track it at 30 days come back see how it goes and if it goes well, then you just kind of keep doing that thing. Maybe you optimize that original one because you didn't spend much time on it. And then you can kind of do content types that are very similar to that and just keep doing those. So it almost sounds like overall the strategy for him is like just put out tons of content. Yeah. <clears throat> like, <laughs> like if there's, I don't know, for example, like if you're doing a blog on like dogs, um maybe like you want to have content about like a, a breed a specific breed like how to tame a breed or something like that yeah i, I think what he would do is you 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 may you first make some content about taming a specific breed and if that goes well then you turn that into taming this breed taming that breed taming like basically you just do the same content but for every single breed for each topic i think they would call it so you, you have a content type and then you can do that for multiple topics yeah that's smart yeah i think some, some people t- refer to that as like programmatic seo like that's that's the term i've heard for it where you basically just where you can't like you have variables that you can fill off oh, i'm better explaining this i guess but just like you said like you have those different breeds and you can basically complete the sentence just for every breed and then you just write right, the right. specifically for that right yeah yeah, that's pretty Yeah. Good. But in some ways it feels like <clears throat> I mean, you could end up with just hundreds of content that are all like pretty similar, but they're, you know, they have some little differences. In some ways that does feel kind of like against what you're saying where it's like you're writing for the bots a little bit. Yeah. Like if you like I don't even know like would you have like a blog page that has like all these different blogs or would they just kind of be like hidden in your site somewhere because it's like I don't know if that would look good if you you had like this big blog uh, page where everyone's like, oh, so I see you wrote like 50 of these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just changed out some words and things. <laughs> you probably would go and have like uh, little landing pages for each breed, right? And then under those, you would have, I don't know, like if you have like five breeds and 10 articles each, you would have 50 overall. And you just have like five landing mm-hmm. pages with 10 on them. So even for the yeah. user, it doesn't look <laughs> it doesn't look crazy, but uh, yeah, I, I mean it's it's definitely also about the uh, amount of content that you put out there. Like uh, 
I'm I'm really bad at writing <laughs> writing those posts, I guess. Like it takes me a lot of time sometimes. And that's basically the biggest hurdle right now is to come up with um well, first come up with the topics, which is kind of easier, but then really writing some useful content about it. That's that's the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to a podcast with Ran Finchkin. I, I think maybe I'm saying the last name right. He was on Corhane's Everything is Marketing podcast. And he was just talking about, you know, he's he was at Moz, which is a big SEO kind of bootstrap or yeah, yeah. SaaS. Um, and now he's at SparkToro. So he does. he's in like the marketing SEO kind of stuff. And he was talking about how Google kind of slowly over time has more and more been like basically just eating up searches where instead of actually sending people out to websites when they search, Google just handles it themselves on, you know, the Google search page. Um, And and especially on mobile, like like two times that on mobile because – you know, you, your screen isn't that big. You're kind of just looking at the top content and which Google kind of takes up. <clears throat> it's very interesting because just kind of the idea that I don't think he's saying that like, oh, don't do SEO, don't do, you know, try to get SEO and, and do all that stuff. But he is kind of saying that Google is kind of in control of this. Like you're not in control of it as much as you think. Like it's not necessarily just like this free thing. Like they can kind of, over time just like take it away from us which is kind of sad <laughs> yep but but it's true like if you if you look or if you looked for movies like 10 years ago you were searching for current movies or something like that you would definitely come come out at like your cinema's uh, website whereas now you just mm-hmm. get this like this little slider thingy at the top of google right like showing you all the movies and then basically yeah, yeah. next thing is google maps like how to get to your cinema <laughs> um, or where to rent yep, it online yep. right um and you can probably do that right from from that page (laughs) right yeah it's crazy yeah so it's a little weird i i don't even use google i use DuckDuckGo now so yeah um, probably and i like good idea i like it (laughs) um okay but yeah going back so you're you got your landing page out got some early access people so are you starting to kind of onboard those people i haven't yet uh, <laughs> kind of took it a little bit slowly this week so um f- fixed some small issues on on mobile um put out the blog and rethought some of the modules behind the scenes and now i think i, I think i won't see that many more early access signups uh, just by letting it sit there <laughs> so mm. now next week uh, the goal is to reach out to a couple of those and see if um if they would be good first users like what their use case actually is what they're trying to accomplish and then see if the modules i have right now are actually uh, useful for them if they're not well basically put them on a different list (laughs) like contact later Uh, and if they (laughs) are a good fit and they can use those modules probably um setting them up with something um biggest issue there is that i still have to implement the whole login thing like there's <laughs> there's some boilerplate i still need to write um mm-hmm. or i would have to uh create the accounts for them which i could totally do uh, but yeah i i'm not pressuring myself there if it takes another week that's fine <laughs> just wanted to get it out quickly yeah. and now if i 
if I give it another week and get some five more people sign up for the early access, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that, um, or, or worry about like people on a list, like getting cold, like, you know, if they're there too long before they actually get to try it or whatever, that they're like, oh, moved on to something else or I don't know. Yeah. I'm not thinking about it anymore. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean. Um, I think if you do that in like seven days after signing up, writing the first email, I think that's, that's fine. I don't think you need to like instantly or have like an automated reply to, to that, to that sign up. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think if you wait like a month and then you're like, Hey, <laughs> uh, remember me, <laughs> that's, that's a little late, I would say, but I would also not try like, like not stress myself out about it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes sense. But what, what about you? Like you have, like you have your waiting list up as well, right? How do you handle that? Yeah. So <clears throat> Basically, I've segmented it into two groups. Like, I had this little questionnaire, people that said, you know, it's, I kind of had to take it all with a grain of salt because they're basically, I'm asking them if they're saying that they'd be willing to pay for this or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, who knows if that means they actually would. But if they say that they're not willing, like, I ought to, <laughs> then they're probably really not willing. <laughs> uh, so, I put them into a different category to where I haven't reached out to them yet. Um, <clears throat> but I'm actually planning to do so in the next week or so is reach out to that half of the, the list. Uh, but I've, I've, I'll reach out to the other part of the list, the other segment pretty quickly, um, like within a couple of days, a day or two. Um, yeah. Cause it's, it's funny. Like I've, I've had this uh, wait list kind of going, but in, really I'm more doing like a, private early access where they think they're getting on the wait list and then like a day later I'll email and be like hey you can actually jump in and try it right now <laughs> um which has been <laughs> interesting um but yeah I do th I do like I I mean I, I yeah I think the longer you wait the more chance that like people aren't gonna reply back when you actually do reach out to them or or they'll even just forget about it um I, tr I i think maybe like what i've tried to do is when i email back be like hey you're getting this email because you signed up for the potion waitlist or like tell them that yeah, so yeah. Like, oh yeah i remember that. that's a good idea yeah uh let's see anything else on your end um I've been looking into that's it, it's probably a kind of worms I'm opening, but <laughs> I've been looking into um, anonymized tracking because you know I, I, last time we talked about how you would have to put up like this consent notice, and I was like, ah, like is there a way to get around that like at all? Um, mm -hmm. And so far, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so the way that some analytics providers do this right now. That's pretty technical, but I'm going to explain it anyway. It's not that hard to understand, I guess. Um, they basically <laughs> track your IP. And mm -hmm. then for each day or each, like they take like the nanoseconds or whatever, and they hash your IP with that timestamp and, and a certain password, I think, for every day. 
and so they can they can know um, like when you come back it's basically the same hash right because it's the same hash plus the same password and your IP and if you come back the next day they uh, still know it's you because it's still the same IP plus it's a new password so they basically change the password every day and they don't keep track of their old passwords so that way there is no way to you know like unencrypt it in a way but they still know you're the same client um <laughs> in a way but i'm not so sure if that's enough in my case uh to get the callbacks running inside the client browsers because if i want to show like those uh, notifications on page and i really kind of need to track sessions that makes it more complicated i think so i'm not sure i i could use the same mechanisms to uh, to pull that off <laughs> yeah yeah that, that is definitely a, a, a problem <laughs> yep so right now You're i'm in just that thinking whole world of the the cookie the cookies and the cookie banners <laughs> yeah i mean i like the idea of of anonymizing it as much as possible but i still need to in a way like i if, i mean worst case is like i have to put up or you have to put up that consent banner if you use the identify function like if you if you're saying i want to identify that user but then they probably have consented anyway already um so maybe there is a way to have the initial tracking the anonymized tracking really be anonymous right now what it does is basically it generates like a random id which is stored in your local storage and that's that's like your name that's like the only identifier i have about you so it's still anonymous right but it does put that mm -hmm. little thing inside your browser and so that qualifies as uh yeah need, co needs consent basically <laughs> yeah <clears throat> which is kind of frustrating but <laughs> right so then you would ask for consent be on behalf of the your customer right yeah i i could um and that's that's another question right like for the because yeah, then i was thinking if you know if they already have consent or ask for it in other ways are you just gonna have now they have multiple pop-ups yeah. or <laughs> yeah you don't want that right so i would probably at some point build like a little consent tool that you can use um but also like have like this paragraph somewhere like hey you either handle this on your own or you can use our tool to show this little message uh, and then they just have to choose when they implement it because they do have to uh put in the little javascript snippet anyway right so they um mm -hmm. they can either choose like yep include the consent tool or nope i don't need it and i'll handle that myself i think that's the best way to go um initially and then maybe i can pull at, at some point pull off the <laughs> anonymized thing that would be perfect then you wouldn't need the consent anymore but for the mvp i think it's not that relevant <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds like a pretty good plan like make it you kind of can handle it for them if they want so you make it as easy as possible but it's also kind of nice because it's like it's kind of in their hands after that like you don't really have to like make sure like hey did you add your consent form thing like that's not necessarily yeah as long as you inform them like yeah we are tracking so yeah yeah i this i actually i'm kind of forced to do that anyway by law i guess uh also that like people need to be able to uh 
say they don't want to be tracked and they need to be able to like get their data deleted from my platform then like the end users oh yeah there's a lot to this to this topic actually (laughs) (laughs) i guess you'll become an expert on it yeah if (laughs) yeah (laughs) not sure i want it want to become an expert but yeah (laughs) yeah Oh, I'm, I'm trying to take this seriously though so I'm, I'm going to implement that at least <laughs> and also a good thing is that I'm not trying or or planning to sell that data or even like you know route it anywhere else and service allocated inside the EU so that's that's a good good start <laughs> yeah sweet yeah I think that's that's my week what about you yeah, so this last week was fun. Um, basically, kind of similar to you, I was working on my landing page for Potion pretty much most of the week. Um, and that's been really good. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make like a really, like a really good landing page. Um, I think it's really important for Potion just because that's kind of one of the things I'm selling um is you know being able to build like good websites and stuff and since i'm building it with potion like i need to kind of show that off and uh it's been yeah i've actually learned a ton too about like what's possible or even like what's (laughs) what's what's some of the maybe shortcomings of potion right now um which is really good for me to know um just because I basically I'm pushing it to its limits more than I've had in the past. Like in the past I've made, you know, I've made some random little website pages and stuff like that. But this, I'm like, I'm really trying to customize it. Uh, but it, it really doesn't look like it's notion at all, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Actually. Yeah, that's great. Um, it just, it just looks like a normal website landing page. And it's like, Oh, this is all backed by notion content and all this other. It's, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of mind-blowing in some ways when I look at it. <laughs> um, so that's been fun. Uh, yeah, it's definitely been good. Like, I'm really dog-fooding my own product, uh, which I I think is just, it's such a good way <clears throat> to understand the product and know what I need to do next or know the shortcomings, Where, which I, I'm really enjoying because, you know, some products or like some things I worked on in the past, like support man or stuff, like in some ways it's hard to dog food your product because it's like you aren't really the prime customer for it or like you don't have the same use cases that your customers have. Like, you know, maybe you don't have like a team of 10, 20 people mm. and know what that's like to yeah, use a yeah. tool. And it's like, it's actually impossible for you to dog food it the same way your customers do. Yeah where with potion it's like i'm doing the exact thing that you know my customers would want to try to do and i can really understand what they're going through and how they're how they're using the tool and so that's been really good just because i feel like there's less like holes in my understanding of like what needs to happen um so yeah, that that's been really fun. Uh, I I used a, a cool illustration pack that you shared with me, yep. and uh, that's been cool to use. <laughs> uh, I like those little like images of those little like comic sketch like people. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's coming together. Uh, I 
I've I've uh, done a I've I've like put it in front of a lot of people. Um, just getting a lot of feedback, so that's been like really helpful to like really hone in the copy and and how I sell it. Um, so that's that's been really helpful. Uh, yeah, so my, my plan is I should be, I just have like two or three things left to do on that. have to optimize some things for, for mobile a little bit. Um, but yeah, the plan is to kind of launch that hopefully this next week and do like an official, like early access. Um, and I've actually kind of automated the whole process. Well, except one step. Um, but basically I, I now have a form, um, where they, you know, they sign up for early access and then it automatically sends them an email, um, to like kind of welcome them. And then I'll have them on a list where I can, uh, just kind of like mass email all the early access people from the last day or two or whatever mm. to actually set them up with an account. <clears throat> um, and so I can then even go further um, I'm using a really cool tool called Upscribe, um, which uh, Joshua Anderton, he's kind of a solo entrepreneur building that kind of in the bootstrapper space. So we've seen him a bit on Twitter, uh, but it's a really cool tool. He's done a great job with it. So I'm using that for kind of the the like mass emailing, but he also has like some almost like some drip email functionality too, where you can like automatically email people and stuff. So I can eventually like when things are like good and running, like I'll probably just flip that switch to where it just automatically emails the early access people. So I'll still be in early access, but it'll kind of be like an automated thing. Yeah. That's, um, that's good. where it sets them up. Um, I guess the reason for that would be is that like, I guess my thinking of staying in early access like that, where it, it technically is like an automated thing, but it f- to the user, it feels like early access is that basically it just gives me control on my end as I'm kind of building to where if, if I run into any issues or if, you know, I have some, I'm still going to be changing the infrastructure a little bit of how the, the websites are, are generated and created. Uh, so like this will give me the control to like, oh, I need to maybe pull back on letting people in for a little bit because I'm, I'm making some changes or, or just things with that. It just gives me some more control there just to make sure, um, everything's running great before I just let people in whenever they want. Um, so that's kind of my plan for it. Um, as well as I'm still trying to think if there's ways that I can like, use like almost like gamify the early access list to like make more people want to come in or something um with like invite codes or something Mm, interesting um so i'll I'll see if there's ways i can do that like maybe they can like jump the list or something i don't know (laughs) yeah that's not a bad idea (laughs) try to create some demand (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but that's that's pretty much what i've been working on the most part for this last week. The the only other thing is I've had some good conversations with some people in the notion community um, and kind of like, well, just kind of like trying to understand, uh, well, actually see ways where I can maybe co- collab with some other people that are building stuff in the notion community. There's these, uh, these guys building a tool called chili pepper, um, which if people know, 
if people are in this like notion website building community they would probably know of chili pepper because chili pepper they kind of launched something pretty early on that allowed you to create forms in notion um like for notion websites and stuff and so right now they just kind of have like a free tool um but i talked with those guys um and basically just finding ways that we can kind of work together Um, So that was really good, Um, just like trying to see different opportunities to like kind of collaborate with and integrate with different tools um, that can hopefully maybe bring some people to Potion and maybe I can help them out, things like that. And and I think I'll probably want to continue to do some kind of things like that in the future, like see if there's different like Notion creators and people that I can kind of like work with for a little project or collaborate in some way so we can kind of help each other out um so yeah that that was good um i've been thinking a little bit about pricing so <laughs> this is this could be a big conversation i am curious to hear how, what you're doing with pricing so far <laughs> um but yeah i'll actually be showing my pricing page kind of for the first time uh when i launch the landing page and what i landed out for right now is six dollars for one site twelve dollars for three sites and eighteen dollars for eight sites um and so at, like they get the same thing with each plan uh, except just more sites uh yeah. basically <clears throat> um and so i i've kind of been playing around a little bit with the pricing with some of my early access uh people um but this was the one that I kind of tried and tested out the most. Um, and mainly I'm basing it off of my competition. Like I, I want to be cheaper than the competition that's been out there, mainly super um, starting out. Uh, but really like it's those price points are pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's worth more than that for sure. Like the value of it. And I guess I was, my thinking behind that is really just to like, I want to get going quick. Like I want to get a good amount of users and, uh, having, having at a little less price point, I think can allow me to kind of get started faster and I can always raise the prices later, I think for basically for new, new people coming in. So that's kind of what I'm thinking I'll probably do just to kind of get started. Um, I did, have someone on on twitter <laughs> mention and say that's way too cheap um and so that made me think about that a little bit more which was good uh but yeah I, I bet some people will probably think that it's it's too cheap for for what it is um but i did see i don't know if you know jordan what's i forget his last name but the the founder of closet tools um Oh yeah, that really good solo entrepreneur uh, oh, business. John Orcona. Is it, is it Orcona? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was talking about how, like, he prices his tool. I think at like fifteen dollars a month or something like that, which is pretty cheap for the value it gives. And he was just saying, like, if you can, like, you know, a hundred x the value, like, that's how you sell something, like you give them a ton of value for what they're paying for. And that's when people are just like, okay, this is a no brainer. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. And, and so he was kind of arguing for like, yeah, like kind of underprice it because that's going to get people to come and see the, like, obviously this is a great tool for me. 
obviously people have different ideas on this. Uh, like, you know, he's in the pro consumer kind of space. People in the B2B space, I think would always just say, Oh, raise your, raise your prices. You need higher prices and which, you know, could very well be true. Um, but yeah, what are you thinking about this and what are you doing for true fans? Um, ah, man, you're in an interesting position. I think, um, I'd also say provide more value. Don't, don't raise your prices. I'm, I'm curious who that person on Twitter was (laughs) like what, what they do as a business, because I don't know, you're competing like with stuff like super, but you're also competing with other CMS and site builder things. And Mm -hmm. let's say I want to get a site up. So first of all, three pages means I could literally get three different websites up, right? Right, right. So I probably don't want to do that. Like if I'm like, you know, like probably most users that's assumptions right now, right? Yeah, but yeah, I'm assuming most people would start with just one website. So they would probably go for the lowest price point um, that that you have right now, right? Which was what, nine, nine bucks, eight bucks, nine bucks? Six dollars. Or six dollars. Well, that's really not a much, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what I would do is probably get rid of the three pages and just set that one at like 12 bucks but then you're still providing a bunch of value, I would say. But in general, as a user, I would look at it and I would think to myself, hey, if I would have to pay like 20 bucks for one page, that would be way too much, right? Because I'm not a company. I'm like a, a prosumer at, at best. Maybe I'm just a regular user, right? Who has no idea right, how to right. set that stuff up, but who has done some comparison maybe to goes or whatever and knows, hey, I can get that for free, get WordPress.com running quickly. Um, Ah, it's it's tough. So yeah, I would be very careful with folks just saying raise your prices, especially coming from a B two B background, because it doesn't really fully apply. I would say because folks buying the product, they they're not buying for a company. Probably most of them aren't. <laughs> Again, it's all yeah, assumptions, but um, yeah. So I would also say if you like if you make, if you can make it a no brainer. And you still have like you still have enough margins in the pricing, um, so that it's that it's enough. That would be perfect, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think this is just to start out too. Like the plan is definitely to raise prices. I think um, this is just maybe in the beginning. Um, would be really yeah yeah. It would be really interesting to hear if folks decide not to go with your solution what else they favor like how where are they of competitors and what are they actually going with you're probably not at the stage where you where you can ask those questions already but if like if you like when you get to that stage that would be interesting to answer because then you know like where folks are positioning you basically right like how do they see you uh in comparison to what (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, the other thing that that just happened last couple of days is so I've gotten an, a couple more paying customers. Uh, so Ooh, I'm at sweet. five people that are paying for it now, which is pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty stoked with that, just with the amount of people that have been using it and yeah. the private early access. Um, so yeah, I think that means I'm at like thirty dollars uh, mrr or something like that oh i thought it was 50 i was just gonna say you can now get your first concurrent build 
Uh, well, almost. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, I'm still feeling like things are promising, which is good. Yeah, I mean, um, five, so, is, yeah, ex- five is a bunch already. I mean, you're just getting started, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive about things, and I'm excited to see what happens uh, in the next couple of weeks with launching the early access. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah, pricing for true fans. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not super sure yet. So I have two options to go with, I think. One of them is price per module. So you can turn them on and off and they will prorate, like Pedal will do that for me basically. So I can literally just let people turn them on and off all day and um, not have to worry about it. Um, then I would probably have to figure out like, sh- like are they all equally priced or is like the, um, <laughs> the real-time chat worth more than, or you know, more expensive than personalizations. But if mm-hmm. I uh, if I just decide to do that and price them all equally, I probably price them around twelve to fifteen bucks per module. So if you have just like three, nice. yeah, maybe there would be like a like a base fee, uh, but not too high to be honest, because it's yeah I, I don't know like if you if you buy all of them then you're paying like a hundred bucks each month. That's a bunch. Um, but if you don't need all of them, you can just turn them off and have like three of them for 30, 40 bucks. That sounds like a good good value for the price. Oh, definitely. But here's a but. It's not really aligned with... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's not really aligned with where my costs go up, right? So my costs go up if I have to support more visitors to the website so if there are more sessions Mm. and more callbacks that have to go through my servers yeah exactly um or more web sockets open for the real-time chat every every hour or minute that's where my costs go up really so the real yeah yeah the real price alignment or the the factor that i should be looking at is basically how many sessions do you have do you have per month right and then like average the last three months maybe And say up to a hundred thousand sessions per month, you have to pay X. Above that, it's it's something else, right? So maybe you have like yeah. three batches of depending on how many sessions you have. Um, that would be aligned with where my costs go go up. Um, yeah, which those could get pretty expensive, right? Um, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not on AWS. I didn't didn't really do that yet i don't think or i hope i don't ever have to so my bet is that i can pull off most of the traffic that i will get for the first two or three years even like even if it goes really well um just put that on hetzner cloud like just spawn more little servers and have a load balancer in between and those servers are really really cheap so Mm -hmm. yeah even if you just buy like two or three modules I could put you on on a separate server basically <laughs> and still have yeah 90% margin from that um so yeah it I don't know it's probably it, it'll probably come down to talking to customers really and seeing who they are and what they what they really mm-hmm. want to get out of it um I mean I I feel like I what I would 
think at least from seeing you know other tools like this and stuff and seeing how they price things like i feel like you would have like you want to price them on the value right like you want your tiers or how you price them beyond the value they're getting from it which i think i see two kind of two different ones for true fans there's the modules themselves like each individual module gives some value in some ways then that's a good thing that that doesn't actually cost you really any more to support another module for them um because that just is more free money for well yeah yeah (laughs) you don't have to do any more work for for each module um, but you get paid for it um but then there's how many sessions are coming through it's like you could actually just pay or have are charged based on both of those factors you know if you if you have these many sessions then you're going to be in this tier if you want and then maybe it's just a set price like the 15 dollars for each module as well and so then they kind of get lumped into uh, a, a tier based on those two factors that's interesting so basically if you're below 100,000 users every module costs 10 bucks and if you're above that or above that but below 500,000 per month it costs like 15 bucks a month like that yeah something like that oh, that's pretty smart i haven't thought about that actually <laughs> well either either that or you have like a base price based on sessions and then mm. adding every module is mm. just like 15 bucks oh that's that's that sounds good like having the base price determined by the sessions that's a good idea as well yeah i like that because you know like all of those modules they have their own competitors right like i've said that a million times and if you look like at stuff like crisp chat for example they um they offer the real-time chat they have like a knowledge base in there so they're also kind of branching out and have multiple features now like they they advertise with chat inbox chatbots live chat crm and they're um like first of all they have a free plan and then their next pro plans are the 25 bucks a month which is really not that much if you get all of those all of those features for it right and mm-hmm. so even just competing with them on like two or three modules uh yeah you probably can't price that too high to be honest unless you want to com- like then you're already competing with stuff like intercom as well but that's more enterprisey uh yeah yeah so yeah i think it, it makes sense probably to yeah i mean what you just said makes makes most sense probably like have either the base price uh determined by the session count or each module module gets more expensive uh depending on your sessions like batching those based on the sessions that's a pretty good idea yeah but yeah, yeah i, I mean, could even we'll see, see like having having sessions below some number their base price is just zero and then they're just paying for the modules so then it would be a pretty comparable Ooh. to yeah maybe some of those competitors and then once they get over so many sessions it's like oh you actually have to pay extra for that many that's that's a really good idea <laughs> glad you glad you're liking it <laughs> yeah no i think that's pretty smart because then it looks like oh you're actually saving money when you're starting out because that's that's really how it could be right because if you like if you don't exceed like a hundred thousand sessions a month like that the server doesn't even care right like it's not even like i don't even need a second server for that <laughs> um, right 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 <clears throat> yep that sounds pretty good so i definitely want to keep those like i want to want to be able to offer like turn modules on and off depending if you need them or not because you probably won't need all of them yeah 
but also be like if you want all of them it should probably not exceed 100 bucks that i don't know probably not <laughs> unless i add more modules <laughs> unless it's a it's a big company that has a ton of sessions and they 100 bucks is nothing to them which is very possible yeah but yeah but then that's exactly where the sessions should factor in probably yeah right right cool well uh yeah that was good to hear what's going on uh we'll see what happens we're, we're both in a kind of a launching phase a little bit launching early access so that's that's a pretty fun phase i think of the of the journey so we'll see where things go next yep all right thank you for listening listeners and we'll talk to you to talk to you in another episode see you next week bye